of the internet. Welcome to a new episode of the Life Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my brother, my big brother, Big John. L. John, what's good, man? What's going on with you? What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Always good, man. Always good. Back on the mics, man. We had a great, uh, great last episode. We did uh, the Rhapsody E joint, man. And uh, what a great decision that was, right? Oh, yeah, man. Especially... I like the fact that we went ahead and decided to break it down into two parts yeah. because we definitely that's a that's a that's a as 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 my mom would always say you know you got to eat that elephant one bite at a time oh, and that's a more. heavy dose couldn't that, agree more man that eve lp is a heavy heavy dose and if you're out there like podcast listeners first of all first and foremost listen we really appreciate you you guys got the page blowing up you got scott blowing up I mean, there's so many things, so many positive things that are coming out, and we just got to take a moment to say thank you to all you guys. Thank you for all the shares. Thank you for all the likes. And we got to ask, keep sharing, keep liking, keep putting the light podcast out there to everybody, everywhere, because if y'all can blow us up, we can start elevating the real hip-hop and talk about what's sustainable about this thing of ours that we love so much. No doubt. No doubt. Much appreciated, man. And there's so many names that I wish we could we could we could drop. But there's just so many of you guys, man. All the conversations, you know. And the 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 thing I think that I'm most impressed with, and you know, we go around, we see all the other groups and all the other blogs and stuff. There hasn't been one ignorant statement made on our community. Not once. As many of us as there are, not once. It's, that, it's just that's, been that's 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 true. That's yeah. very true. Yep, it's just been enlightened conversation, just, you know, mature, you know, enlightened conversation amongst adults, man. And, you know, I appreciate it so much. Well, without further ado, <laughs> people of the Internet. Oh, snap. I like that. This is my episode today because I get to do one of the things that I enjoy to do so very much. And that's digging between the ears of the one and only Scott Pearson. Just recently celebrated a birthday. Scott, tell us how that birthday uh, celebration was, bro. Lots of ice cream, man. I love ice cream, John. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love ice cream. All different flavors. Oh, uh, a nut. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of scoops, man. You are a certified nut. Um, <laughs> for those... Go back and listen to episode three. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode three. That's all I'm going to say about that. But with that being said, you know what I mean? Scott, <laughs> going to get diabetes over there. Um, but, uh, you know, but he, but he works out a lot. So I, so I, so I guess all the ice cream is, is going to the right places. But, um, you know, Scott, this is, this is one of my favorite episodes because again, I get to interview you and, on the page for your birthday, I wrote some things and, you know, people may not really understand it and grasp how important it was to me to do that in order to just put you out there, put shine the light on you for once, because you always like playing the background. You always like just being the man behind the camera, so to speak. Um, it's time to, you know, the light podcast to shine the light on Scott Pearson. A.K.A. Scott's Chocolate. You know what I'm saying? You know, A.K.A. Scott LaRock. You know what I mean? There, there, there are so many nicknames for so many different reasons. You know what I mean? But uh, I want to dive 
two feet in the pool with your latest LP. I love, love, love how you basically give so much credit to your, you know, grandfather, Bobby Tucker, you know what I mean? Former, you know, uh, great jazz pianist, you know, and when you listen to this LP, not unlike the other one that you uh, dropped as well, but when you listen to this LP, there's so many jazz influences, there's so many different influences, and to me, it is it is one of the perfect blends of how hip-hop permeates so many different art forms. There's poetry, there's there's cinema, there's so many different art forms that you bring in to help express this LP. And one of the best things that I like about it is you don't have to listen to it in order. You can listen to it out of order. And for those people who do know me, you know I'm a you know, I'm a little out of order type of guy. You know, I like trying to, you know, travel my own path and things of that nature. But, you know, the name of the LP, Cleveland Ave. For those who don't know, explain the title of your album. So, regarding regarding the name of, of the album, man, I, I try to I try to make a connection between, you know, my creations, you know, and and me. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all me, right? Everything you hear, it's, it's me. It's from my soul, it's from my heart, man. And Cleveland Avenue, that's where my soul and my heart resides. You know what I'm saying? That's that's home base, man. You know what I mean? That's that's where I grew up. You know, everything, even to this day, you know, if you were to go to Cleveland Avenue in Marstown, New Jersey, you'll find everything, you know, regarding, you know, who I am, you know, and who my family is at that house, right? So looking at the album cover, that's me sitting on one of my cousin's bikes. It's a Mattel Model X3 something or rather. But, you know, the story that my grandmother told me was, you know, I would, I would never get off of that bike. I would just sit there. Obviously, it's too big. I can't ride it. You see what I'm saying? But I would sit there and post up on that bike and just kind of watch, you know, what's going on in the street. And um, if you look at my face, man, I love my facial expression. There, it's just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? But I'm concerned about what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm observing. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I, I, that's just my mentality even today. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's what Cleveland Avenue is. And um, you know, as we go through the LP, you know, it'll make. You know, I'll make all the connections, and you'll see how everything kind of resolves, and 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 everything resolves to and revolves around Cleveland Avenue in that house. I got you. I got you. And uh, you know, a lot of these things, I I kind of know some of the answers. So, mm-hmm. for the Light Podcast listeners, if I seem to ask some leading questions, understand, I'm trying to understand Scott more myself, and because I'm such a music head, and I enjoy understanding the muse for the you know for the creation this is this is going to be one of my most enjoyable interviews but first and foremost i just want to go through the track list in the proper order because i want to ask you about each of these tracks in a different order because guess what i listen to it so this is about what i want to know <laughs> so <laughs> and what struck me and the things that you know, I picked up in the album that I want to expose more of because I think I know some of these answers, but I want to definitely dig a little deeper. So with that being said, so track one is called Poetic Idols and track two is called Loss. Three is The Nonsense. Four is Open Bodegas. 
five is the koala or kula, excuse me, interlude. Six is light. Help me out. Light <laughs> Quanta. Light Quanta. Light Quanta. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then we have free after that. And then we have urban icon, the seeds. Can't wait till we get to that one. <laughs> And the last track on the album, I want you to pronounce it because I because I will butcher it. Lacrimosa. Lacrimosa. There it is. I I won't mess it up again because that's the track we're going to start with. Okay. That's the track we're going to start with. And the reason why I want to start with the very last track on the LP because that this this track right i should probably do this in the middle but i gotta do it now because there's so many questions that i have about this track and i don't want you to feel as though that you're talking too much i really want you to you know just let it all flow so with that being said lacrimosa influence of mine not just because of his music but because of of who he is and what he stood for you know what i mean he was you know he was he was a genius right i mean he he wrote his first requiem he was like six you know what i mean i mean he was just a savant right but he was also um a non-conformist right so he grew up you know in vienna during a time where you know things were very proper and just so you know what i mean and um you know, he kind of bucked the system, you know, and I have a lot of respect for people that have the courage to stand up and do that. You know what I mean? His his parents, you know, he was part of the the aristocracy of that time. You know, his dad was a was a respected, you know, composer in the court in Vienna, Austria. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Mozart just kind of wanted to do things his own way. You know what I mean? And so I've, I've studied Mozart since I was a little kid. You know what I mean? My mom was a huge classical music, you know, listener. And, um, you know, I was exposed to him early. And um, but what I wanted to do was somehow tie in my love for Mozart into my love for poetry and then tie my love of poetry into my love of 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 my culture, of of, of our culture, you know, of, of hip hop, you know what I mean, of, of black people, you know what I mean? And so I have a, a love for classical music, but I have a passion for poetry, you know what I mean? And in that, you know, one of my faults is, man, is. You know, 
I don't like the sound of my voice. You see what I'm saying? Like when I hear my voice, sometimes it's hard for me to go back and listen to our episodes, man. I, I just I just don't like the way I sound. I don't know why. You know, it's it's just one of those things, right? And so what I decided to do in order to kind of put my poetry out there was make like an alter ego. You know what I mean? I don't even have a name for him yet, but use that alter ego and kind of hide behind him, you know, to, to recite my poetry. And so I chose the track Lacrimosa. Lacrimosa is Latin and it means weeping, like sadness, you know what I mean? Uh, weeping because of, of, of unjust, weeping because of, 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 of injustice, weeping because of pain, weeping because of, you know, of, of things that are happening, you know, in my life. And if you listen to the lyrics of the, of the poem, right, I'm talking about, I'm talking about black people. I'm talking about, you know, our position in society. I'm talking about, you know, you know, why hip hop culture exists, you know, what, what are the, you know, what was the catalyst, you know, for, for that, you know, so I, it's a, it's a poem of like 30 or so sentences and each sentence is a word and each word is loaded to the tilt and each word has a distinct and poignant meaning, you know, about, about our culture and about, about this culture of ours, man. And so I chose Lacrimosa, Lacrimosa as the backdrop, you know, for that poem. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's where that comes from, man. And so if you listen to the poem, you know, don't just listen to the poem, you know, in its totality, listen to each sentence or each word, you know, each word is its own distinct position and its own distinct order in the poem. And it's, uh, it's something I worked very hard on, man. And that's, I chose it to be at the end because I wanted that to, to wrap up, you know, the album and kind of, kind of bring it home. You know, kind of, you know, help the listeners understand what this is all about. You know what I mean? And what the I catalyst you. is, you know, what the what the emotions, what drives the emotions. And I just hope I captured it with that. You know, you captured a lot of emotion in that. I mean, I that's one of the ones that I play consistently because it's just an interlude. It's only a minute and 22 seconds long. I'll, you know, listen to the LP and I'll jump to that and then jump to another song. You know, like one of the things about me, and this is something I love to do, whenever a new LP comes out, I don't listen to it. Well, not all the time, but, but there are times where I won't listen to it in its direct order. Mm. I'll go ahead and from the very beginning, I'll hit shuffle just for that LP. Because there are certain things, I know, you know, the track listing and how things are set up, it tells a story and it builds one thing to the other thing. But I like puzzles, so I like trying to put the LP together in my mind. You know what I mean? And if I just listen to it in a random fashion and then go listen to it in its correct fashion, it becomes more clear versus listening to it in its direct order first and then listening to it in a real, in a more spatial type of way where, it's, where it has no structure. Because to me... When you, to, just for me, when I'm trying to do a critical analysis of an LP, I don't want to listen to the setup, if you understand what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to judge each individual track on its own without it being set up or preceded after another track that's going to tie in to make the tracks all seem more cohesive. I want to judge each individual art piece on its own merit and then go back and judge the whole art piece in a holistic fashion. So for those out there who may find this extraordinarily unorthodox, 
That's why I'm doing it because it's unorthodox. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. But we jump from track 10 to the next favorite track of mine, and it's because of the intro. And that's track seven, which is free. And track seven is also one of the longest tracks on the LP. It's four minutes and 13 seconds long. But talk about for a minute the intro. Where you pulled that from? What was the... I mean, what was the aha moment where you were like, okay, this is going to fit perfect on this particular track? I did it because I wanted to understand the universe. There's nothing like the thrill when you discover something no one knew before. 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 My, my, my mind. My mind is free. So, I'm always trying to challenge myself, not reinvent, you know, because this is who I am, but just challenge myself, you know, just try to find new ways, you know, to, 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 to delve into this art form. I just love music. I love making music, man. And um, I also love, you know, I also love studying the greats, right? When I say the greats, I mean the people that just push humanity forward. You know what I mean? The people... That, that caused real change. I'm talking about like the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, you know, um, the John F. Kennedy's, you know what I mean? The, you know, and, and making it more, you know, more recent, you know, the Stephen Hawking's, you know what I'm saying? And so just real quick, I don't want to make this history lesson about Stephen Hawking, man, but this is one of the guys that kind of took what Albert Einstein left and, you know, took, you know, took the baton and, and, and ran you see what i'm saying and you know astrophysicist and he these are the guys that that mathematically model the universe you see what i'm saying and again a man that bucks the system you know what i mean he, he took a lot of flack for you know a lot of his theories you know a lot of his you know discussions a lot of things that he talked about and he didn't give a shit you know what i mean this guy was he was a quadriplegic you know, his his body, his his vehicle slowly deteriorated throughout the years. But one thing that did not deteriorate was his soul. You know what I mean? And uh, he did a lot of interviews with, you know, using technology. He had this, this talk box that was that was tied to the muscles in his eyes. Right. And so that's how he would talk through his eyes, which I think was very telling because that's the window to the soul. You know what I mean? And so he would say, even though my body is. Is, is not functioning, my body's paralyzed, my mind is free, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, I study the universe, I study math, I study the cosmos. So for that, even though my body is stuck in this chair, my mind is more free than yours, you know what I mean? And I think that was one of the most powerful things I ever heard in my life, man. And so I had to find a way to incorporate that into a song that I made as I was thinking about the exact same thing. I was reading a book, um, by by Walter Isaacson and it was about Albert Einstein it was about the life of Albert Einstein and Albert Einstein again he bucked the system he was a non-conformist right astrophysicist and his his life goal was to was to figure out the universe was to understand what makes this thing go and um, you know 
those guys, you know, were just huge idols, huge icons. I mean, he he came along, you know, talking about Albert Einstein, he came along during the time when the World War II was starting to bubble. He's a German, and at 16 years old, you know, he he turned in his citizenship. He said, I no longer want to be a German. He understood what was happening with the whole Nazi regime. And um, you know, he you know, long story short, he ended up being a, becoming a US citizen and he fought for for racial equality, you know, he fought for, you know, humanity, you know what I mean? And, you know, Stephen Hawking, you know, took the baton, you know what I mean? And so anyway, you know, I had to incorporate him into the song. He's just a huge, you know, huge hero of mine. And that song, Free, was in some ways, you know, a dedication to, to, to those people, but also, you know, you know, gave you a window and kind of and kind of to my soul, you know what I mean? And kind of, I got you, you know, into, you know, what my thought process was at the time I was making a song and what it is today as we're sitting here having this having this conversation. You know, I, mean, you. I look I look at myself as also a nonconformist, somebody that, you know, I don't really follow the trends. I don't buck the trends, but I don't really follow them. I don't really see them. I kinda, you know, you know, weave my way through life, you know, kind of the way I want. You know, not trying to hurt anybody. Right. You know what I mean? But um right. you know that that song that song was a reflection of 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 my mentality of of my soul i took a uh an old synthesizer uh riff and i turned it into that you know what i mean um, sweet yeah yeah so that was one of that's that's actually one of my favorite songs on the album also that's one of the songs i listen to um the most you know and i'm super proud because that's one of the songs that's trending on apple music and spotify right now man and it was uh got you it's something that I'm super proud of, man. So I, I definitely, you know, it makes me feel good to hear that. That's one of the songs that you listen to also. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Uh, listen, <laughs> if I could reorder, which I wouldn't because I know the story that your track listing tells. But if I could reorder everything, it would be in the order that I'm going in right now. Except I'm about to take a real sharp, I'm about to put a fork in the road. Okay. All right. I'm about to put a fork in the road. And like podcast listeners, because I know Scott, you know what I mean. I I get the I I get the tease at him a little bit <laughs> from from time to time. So this is going to be one of those times. Okay. All right. You ready? Uh, ready. All right. I want to give you three tracks, and you get to pick the one that you want to talk about. Gotcha. All right. Uh huh. But but here's the twist. You got to talk about it last. Out of the three tracks, you got to talk about it last. Okay. You got to talk about the other. So you want to talk about them in descending order. Okay. So out of the three tracks that I give you, you're going to talk about not your least favorite of those three, but you know what I mean? The third one, the second one, then the first one. Gotcha. Kind of like we're doing Miss America here, okay? I got you, got you. All right, you ready? Yep. yep. And I, I got to say, with the Rhapsody LP and her track listings and how those names of each track are you know, how they were conceived. Looking at your track listings is why I'm doing it this particular way. All right. Because the first thing we talked about was what? Track 10. Mm-hmm. And the title of that is, you, you pronounce it better than me. Lacrimosa. <laughs> Lacrimosa. All right. Yeah. And then we talked about free. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about either urban icons, lost, or poetic idols. Oh, oh, all right. So poetic idols. Is- <laughs> all right. So you gotta, 
the favorite out of those three you talk about last because that's going to be number one. All right. So it's three, two, one. Yep. So Poetic Isles is my favorite. So that's going to be the last one. Right. Um, after that is Lost and then Urban Icon. So we talk about Urban Icon first, right? Urban Icon. Yep. All right. So Urban Icon. Let me tell you where this song came from. There was a contest. There's this uh, this platform. It's called um, uh, Track Live, right? And so they came out with this contest. Uh, Inspector Deck was looking for for material for his new album coming out, right? And so I threw my hat in the ring. Um, I searched through this Track Live library, and they were giving away uh, samples for free, right? And so no problem. When I grabbed two, and um, I love I love Bollywood. Like the soundtracks for Bollywood. Bollywood is the is the is the Indian right. version of our Hollywood, right? Right. And so even though you know the stories, they kind of mimic ours. A lot of guitars, a lot of yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I love the soundtracks, man. They got great drums, great bass, and what I like the most are are the are the are female. Are you shocked I knew what a sitar was? I, I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love the female vocalists. They're just haunting, right? I mean, great melodies. You know, and they're just haunting, man. And um, I, I was, I got stuck on like these, these, these two tracks. You know, uh, any great producer will never tell you where he got his samples from, so I'll leave it at that. I, I won't even ask. I won't even ask. The only one who ask about are, are, are the cinematic ones. So. Yeah, they're super. She and this, and this girl, the way she was singing, was she was super haunting. And it was not even an old sample. It's actually relatively new. It's 2005, 2006. But um, I had to get it, you know what I mean, and um, so I just I built the track around these two Bollywood uh, soundtracks. But um, you know, you hear Inspector Deck, you know, little snippets, little samples of of one of his tracks in there, and he talks about his intensity as a poet and how his mind works as a poet. And I love the way Inspector Deck. He's one of my favorite members of Wu Tang. I love how he references himself not as a rapper. He references himself as a poet. You know what I'm saying? And I think any good MC, any good lyricist references themselves as a poet. And I think, uh, you know, I, I did it not as a jab, you know what I mean, to what's going right. on right now with hip hop. But I think, you know, if you if you consider yourself a rapper, if you consider yourself an MC, if you consider yourself a right. lyricist, you know, you have to understand that the roots of it are in poetry. You see what I'm saying? And that's kind of what no my doubt. issue is right now with you know the content that's out there and again i respect i respect the content i respect it it's music you know what i mean it's obviously reverberating throughout the community man but what i just what i just can't forgive man is is the watered down lyrics you know what i mean is is, is the mumbling and all that stuff i just i don't know man that's just me my personal opinion scott pearson you know what i'm saying um what's an opinion that's shared by a lot of people it's not just shared yeah. by scott pearson that's for sure and i think that's one of the reasons why over the last 36 months, we've seen so many heavyweights come out with new LPs. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the Ice Cubes, the Snoops, you know what I mean? There's been a lot of heavyweights that's been coming out. You know, Rhapsody. You know, Rhapsody isn't new for those who don't know. She's not new. Nope. But my point being is, you know, I think the industry, under, not the industry, pause, but the, I think the hip hop culture understood it had to snatch, it, it had to snatch hip-hop back from the industry that's what i was trying to say let me say that again i really think that the hip-hop culture over the last 36 months made a very conscious effort to snatch back hip-hop from the industry because the industry was taking hip-hop on a very unsustainable path with all that mumble mouth nonsense and i was very happy to hear recently that freaking Nicki minaj is retiring 
And I, and I really hope that uh, Rhapsody CD or LPE had a lot to do with that because it's kind of like following Richard Pryor. You can't follow Richard Pryor. Nope. <laughs> can't be done. So that's that's the roots of everything that you just talked about. That's the roots of uh, of Urban Icon, and um, right. you know, and then you know, Inspector Deck, man, he, you know, he he referenced himself as the voice of the streets, Urban Icon. He that's what he called himself. I'm an Urban Icon, and you know, my right. my poetry is 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 intense. You know, sometimes too intense for you. You see what I'm saying? And I think again, if you're a lyricist, that has to be the goal. And Inspector Deck is one of the standards, man. I mean, he. You know, his words were that important to him. You see what I'm saying? And it, it's got to be. In this thing of ours in hip-hop, your words have got to be that important that you that you see yourself as, as that monumental, you know, position in hip-hop. He's an urban icon, right. and, that's, and that's where that song came from. Got you. All right. So we went from free to urban icon, mm-hmm. and now we're going to talk about being lost. There is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. It is this unseen power which makes itself felt and yet defies all truth. So, alright, this right here was actually the first track that I made on this album. This was the first one. And, um, you know, I... I get stuck on things, man. I get I get real stuck on things, man. I was listening to, um, I was in my grandmother's house and um, going through my my grandfather's, you know, music, you know, collection of music, and I came across uh, this Lou Rawls. Man, you know just saying? for one second though, you were going through your grandfather's records. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know he has. I know that is a treasure. Trove. So, for you vinyl collectors out there, you know, I'm going to touch on that real quick, John. If you go to any vinyl store, you know what I'm saying, a lot of what you're seeing, you know, in there is, they're, they're what are called repressings, right? So, they, they come from the master tapes, but they were pressed, like, you know, this year. You see what I'm saying? The, the cardboard, you know, the sleeves and all that, they're brand new, right? So, it's the integrity of the music. The, the analog integrity of the music is intact. A lot of them come from the master tapes. A lot of them come from MP3, so be careful out there. One of the things I love about going through my grandfather's record collection is that those are original pressings. See what I'm saying? And a lot of them are gifts from the actual artist himself. That's you know I mean? crazy. Yeah, like he has a lot of Count Basie. Uh, he has oh, a lot of, goodness. you know, Quincy Jones where, you know, the album, you know, the cover of the album is white, you know, because it was a gift. You know, from right. Quincy Jones, right. it was a so gift. there was no art on it. No, right. there's no art on it, and there's you know, and there's you know, and there's inscriptions. You know, there's you know, there you know, some some of them are like inside jokes between my grandfather and, and the artist. Like there's a postcard that Count Basie sent my grandfather, and it's Count Basie sitting on the toilet taking a shit, right? And this is a joke. <laughs> Dropping the kids off at the pool. Yeah, and I could imagine the you know, and he sent it through the mail, Count Basie. You see what I'm saying? And on the back, it's just like a postcard. I don't know, you know, people don't send postcards anymore these days, man. But, you know, the content of your message was on the back. You see what I'm saying? And, and, the, right. and the mailman no could privacy. read it. Nah, the mailman could read it if he wanted to. You know what I mean? But the picture on the other side was, you know, it's supposed to be something reflective of where you're at. But the picture True. that Count Basie chose was him sitting on the toilet. That's where he was. <laughs> That's where he was. And on the back, you know, he's talking to my grandfather. You know, some inside joke between the two of them. So... I was going to use that as the cover of my album, but, um, you know, <laughs> I 
I'm not going to Count Basie Estate wouldn't clear it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I saw some Lou Rawls in there, and there's a... There's a song, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the song, man. If you're a producer out there, you got to go find it. You know what I'm saying? But that's a sample you hear in Lost. It's, it's Lou Rawls pitched uh-huh. way up. It's Lou Rawls pitched way up, you know, and he's talking about being lost. And he's talking about, okay. you know, his path, you know, his journey and how he's lost and how he needs God, you know, to help him get back on get back on track. And I think all of us kind of need that. You see what I'm saying? And True. Lou Rawls is, is, is crying out, you know, please, God, help me get back on track. I'm lost. I'm lost. And so, again, studying the greats, studying the greats, Mahatma Gandhi is, is one of, you know, one of the all-time great souls, not just people, just he was a leader, you know. And I, you know, I, I would hope that anyone in a position to become the leader of, of people, of humanity, you study the greats. You study the Albert Einsteins. You study the Stephen Hawkins. You study the Mahatma Gandhis. You listen to the message that they have, you know, for humanity. They're not interested in the trappings of life. They're not interested in in dollars and cents. They're not interested in, in power. They're interested in humanity. You know what I mean? And if you listen to, you know, the little snippet that I put in there of, of Gandhi, you know, he's talking about his feelings on the universe and the things that he's discovered about the universe and that there's you know there's a creator you know what i mean and he in some of the revelations that he's had i'm not going to take away if you haven't heard the song please listen to it but um that song was super powerful to me man number one i found the record you know digging through my grandpa's collection but number two the message that lou rawls had and then it came home with with gandhi you know he realized that it was it was bigger than him. Gandhi realized that creation and, and what this all is, is bigger than him. But if you break it down to the essence, if you break it down to, you know, to its, to its simplest state, it's all there. And it's been there the whole time. So that's lost, man. Listen, <laughs> listen, I am still reveling on the fact that Count Basie was sitting on the toilet taking a shit, writing something to your grandfather. Well, how about he got somebody to take the picture? He got somebody to take the picture. (laughs) That's (laughs) the easy part. That's (laughs) the easy part because he's the boss. That's the easy part. But, I mean, that's a relationship right there. Yeah. Those two guys were friends. Oh, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And whatever that inside joke was, he had to do it at that particular time. And I'm quite certain the picture of him taking the shit fit into that inside job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With those guys, man, it was like a football locker room. Nothing nothing was out of bounds. You know what I mean? Listen, listen, you're talking to an infantry Marine, man. I got a couple (laughs) of my buddies. One of them is Raymond Williams. Shout out, Ray. I was stationed with him over in Hawaii. And I'm telling you right now, that is is a person. Ray, I love you. I, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. But when you ever meet my wife, you're going to have a, a 30 second delay like we're on live TV. <laughs> Everything you want to say, you got to run through me first. And then I, you got to whisper it to me first. Then I can be like, oh, right, yeah, you can you can you can talk about that. <laughs> because me and that dude, man, we spent a lot of time together over in Hawaii, K-Bay. I can relate to that type of relationship is my point. You know what I mean? Because I, too, have a picture of me sitting on the toilet dropping a deuce that somebody busted in and took of me. And there's a story behind it. So that's why I got stuck on that. So 
you know, and the other question I want to ask about this is what type of equipment? This is a producer question. Mm-hmm. What type of equipment were you, are you using? Man, so the centerpiece of my studio is my MPC. And um, I chose the MPC because I just, you know, I number one, I know it inside and out. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I love the power that it gives me, you know, to, to, to make music. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the centerpiece of my studio, the MPC Live. Um, I do a lot of sampling from, or all my sampling is from vinyl and cassette tape, man. So I have a turntable, just a basic audio technica. Uh, turntable that I connect to a Yamaha mixer um, and I got a, a, a cassette player that I got from Walmart cost me like $12 you know what I mean and I use that because my grandmother recently turned over my grandfather's entire cassette collection to me man and so you Say know we're gonna what? yeah yeah so we're gonna get into a track you know right now uh, Poetic Idols and that came directly from from that Spending time visualizing my poetic idols. Reciting street rhymes designed for a mind like mine. Committing crimes of intelligence. Stealing knowledge from the lyricists. Head nodding to that boom back. Ears dropping from these low end theories. Fearing only the MCs I was rocking. Keeping true to the essence. The only way to get it back. Why is this your lead off? So let's talk about the title first, Poetic Idols. So I've never been shy to talk about the impact that my grandfather had in my life. My grandfather was, is, because he's, he lives, right? He lives, you know, in my memory. He lives in, in my hands. He, he's you know, immortal, man. He lives wax. Yeah, yeah. He's just, you know, and before, before he, you know, I'm talking about me and my experiences. Before he was a jazz musician, before he was... You know, this this legendary icon in, in jazz music, he's he's my grandpa. You know, he was you know, the guy that you know when it snowed outside he pulled the sled. You know, even on parts of the sidewalk that had no snow on it. You see what I'm saying? You know, he's he's the guy that picked me up from work. I got you. He's the guy that took me to the train station and I had to go back home. And he's the guy that taught me, you know, lessons about life. You know what I mean? And I didn't know he was a musician until I got old, you know, until I was old enough to understand what that meant. And I go back to, you know, his his work as the as the arranger and composer of, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, and that's The Wiz. My grandfather was in charge of the music, you know, for that movie, and so I was too young to remember. But you know, Quincy Jones, him and you know, he and Quincy Jones worked on that soundtrack, and so. You know what I mean? That was that was that was my life, and I didn't understand what that meant until I was older. You know, remembering the times when my grandfather tried to teach me how to play the piano. You know, and as a young kid, I was too busy to understand what that meant. I was too too busy playing outside, too busy chasing girls. You know, and I have regret. You know, I have regret on that man because here it is, this this great musician, this man that loves me so much, was trying to teach me and pass along his knowledge, and I was too busy for that. You know what I'm saying? We had we had you know tons of moments. There were there were rides to his to his performances. You know there were the times where he was disciplining me and you know things of that nature. But he was trying to pass that down to me. And I got too busy. You know what I mean? And I regret that. You know what I mean? And so this this song here is half of an apology letter to my grandfather, 
and the other half is an understanding of his greatness and what it meant to me so i'm hoping that he hears it and that he understands that i understand i know what you were trying to do so my grandmother gave me these tapes and i'm flipping through the tape and listening and on one of the songs it's my grandfather you know and he was you know one of his great friends was Thelonious Monk right and so my grandfather was was playing That's my right there he was playing a Thelonious Monk song called Panonica and so the sample you hear in this song Poetic Idols is my grandfather playing his friend's song in a live performance in Philadelphia and so this is a live performance of my grandfather playing a Thelonious Monk song and this is the only time I'm going to tell you where the sample came from it's a song called Panonica and it's him playing it live and so I sampled it and I played along with him. So the bass you hear, the synthesizer you hear, it's all me. The drums, you know what I mean? I, I programmed the drums myself, it's me. And so it's me and my grandfather playing together. And the poem in the beginning is also, um, you know, an understanding, right? Reminiscing on life as a youngin. You know, I talk about, you know, my mindset back then, you know, and the impact that that our culture and I'm, I'm making a, a direct tie-in to hip-hop and jazz you know what I mean how how that shaped my mind you know what I mean so that's what this song is poetic idols so you know? dope man yeah. so dope so dope I mean it is like I said it's one of my favorites off the LP um, because it is you and your grandfather playing together and I, I know how much that means to you. And I understand, you know, the impact that he had on your life and not just your life, but the, but the life of people who enjoy music. I mean, you're Count Basie, Thelonious Monk, Quincy Jones. I mean, do I have to say anybody else? Really? You know what I mean? Not even to mention that your grandfather was the pianist for Billie Holiday. Mm -hmm. I mean, so when you think about all that legacy and like you said, it's like an apology letter, and here you are through the you know use of technology, you're able to sit down, and now you can play with them. That to me is tremendous, and you know, I I I can't get over how thoughtful that is, how introspective it is, because I honestly believe as we grow as individuals, we be you know my. <laughs> My, my grandfather was a huge influence in my life as well. And one of the things that I always took away from him is that, you know, he was a regular, you know, he was a typical conversationist, but he didn't, when, when he was really speaking, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I remember the most, those pearls of wisdom that he dropped and how he was so measured you know what I mean? Every Everything he did was extraordinarily thoughtful. And I believe as we get older, we become more introspective. So the things we do on the outside matter more. You know what I mean? And here you are, you know, you're married, you have your own family, and you're becoming more introspective, and, and you're seeing more, you're understanding more, and here you are taking this and being like, you know what? I wasn't able to do it then, but I can do it now. Yeah, you know, and exactly that right. is just incredibly thoughtful, you know. And uh, hats off to you for that, bro. Hats off to it. you. I appreciate it, no, John. I was, no problem, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was just, you know, just a way to, you know, I try to incorporate my grandfather and everything I do musically. You know what I mean? Because I'd like to think, I like to think that, you know, 
whatever talent I do have, you know, I got it from him. Got you. You know what I mean? Got you. So. So let's talk for a minute about a song that isn't as uh, <laughs> heavy, and that's Light Quint, Light Quinta. Light Quanta, yeah. Light Quanta. Like, yeah. listen, Light Podcast listeners, I am not, I am not a bilingual person. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I have a very heavy Western Pennsylvania palate, <laughs> so my diction is very much there. So Light Quanta. Think of music. I think of music in totality, complete. You know, like uh, from the lowest blues to the highest symphony. I know you can't tell me where you got the sample from. But what was the views behind Light Quanta? There's a few, actually. Um, again, studying the greats, you know. Uh, um, Albert Einstein came up with the whole theory of, of Light Quanta. You know, how we, not only how we measure light, but what light is. You know, is it a waveform? You know, is it, are they packets? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into quantum physics. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's, again, an old to the universe and you know the universe is extremely musical right and we're gonna get into a song a little bit later i actually pulled samples from from the nasa archives right so the, the sounds you hear are the sounds are the waves that are bouncing off of saturn and things of that nature but we'll get into that later but light quanta is you know um i used um an interview one of my favorite artists of all time and that's Donnie Hathaway and so if you listen to what he says in the beginning he's trying to explain to you what music is to him you know how he looks at it how he sees it you know and then I, I jumped into you know I jumped into the song and um, you know one of my also one of my favorite artists is, is Buckshot from Black Moon you know what I mean and so you hear him also throughout this track you know come follow me come follow me I'm trying to show you something follow me you know and then i wrap it up with uh with donny hathaway also it's kind of a joke you know he's, he's questioning you know what the song is what is this right, right. You know, what is this you know what i mean and i like uh, it's that just, i like that yeah, a lot yeah yeah but donny hathaway and buckshot and i'll tell you where you know who the artist is that i samples it's mccoy tyner you know one of uh the all-time great jazz pianists you know also the front of my grandfather you know he's uh an extremely abstract you know, again, buck the system type of pianist. You know, people were doing music this way back then. And people like McCoy Tyner, people like Thelonious Monk, you know, they were like, you know, F that, man. I'm going to do my music this way. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. You know what I mean? And so I had to find a way to incorporate these great men, these great musicians, these these great people, you know, into my album. And so, uh, you know, that's, 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 the, that's what this song is. It's a combination of, you know, Einstein, you know, Donnie Hathaway, McCoy Tyner. You know what I mean? So that's what Light Quanta is. All right. So now let's jump into the nonsense. I like the nonsense a lot. I think because of the title. Because <laughs> be- I'm a fan of the hooligans. Inflected cadence of the spoken. Riding beats framed to provoke them. Anger contained by vocab. Phrases sustained for answers. Conscious motivation. 
persuading my conscience. Lyrical nobility, cease the nonsense. Cynical critics blind to the concept. Artistic intellectuals twisting the contention. So talk to me about the nonsense. So in order to understand... And I what, pronounced that one right. Yeah. <laughs> in order to understand what the nonsense is, you got to know Nas. You see what I'm saying? Right. And again, we're talking about the greats, right? And so... Poets. They're poets, man. Nas is one of my poetic idols, right? And so I had to go back to the Illmatic days, right? And he's talking about cease the nonsense. So again, it's another jab as to what's happening right now. Cease the nonsense, man. And so Nas is angry in this song, right? If you listen to some of the samples that I pulled, you know what I mean? He's talking about you crack your whole cabinets, right? You like stop it, cease the nonsense, man. Let's let's bring this thing back to the essence. Right? And so so that's what the nonsense is, man. It's, 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 it sounds like it's a playful song, man, but it's actually extremely deep. And it's it's not an angry song. It's a it's got a sense of urgency to it. You see what I'm saying? This is Cease of nonsense, man. Let's bring this thing back to the essence, man. And so, in that piano that I that I got, man, is that sample that I pulled. It just seems so, uh, so urgent. You know what I mean? It just drives the entire track, man. It's, it's actually just two two or three loops, man, that I that I intertwine together, man. But it's so urgent. It's so it just rides the top, you know. And this song here, if you listen to it. Again, it's not angry, man. It's just urgent. I don't know how how else to explain it, man. It's just it's just Nas nice stepping in, the voice of reason, one of our leaders, man. Cease the nonsense, man. Let's bring this thing back to the essence. You know what I'm saying? So I got you, I got you. So that's what that's so, about, man. All right. So now we're going to get into one that is. I got to be honest. I didn't know how to take open bodegas. I don't. Okay. I mean, because open bodegas, and 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 I want to explain to you why I don't know how to take it. Okay. Typically, for me, just speaking for me, I can listen to a song, right? And I pretty much can get the vibe. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can catch the flow within the first five or ten seconds. Okay, all right, I got this. Open bodegas, man, be confusing me, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I got to use bad English on that because I listened to your LP easily ten times. Easily, easily 10 times. And every time I listen to Open Bodegas, it still, re- it still keeps me confused because, it, it, because it, it, it takes me on a different ride each and every time. Contemplating each move, officiating the groove, street vibes for supreme minds, focused on the oblivious. Open Bodegas provide deep cover, temporary protection from wolves at the exit, subtle rain, swatch at another ship. And, and just when I think I got it, I listen to it again, damn, I don't got it. <laughs> that I mean, because if it's giving me something different, not that music can't give you something different each time you listen to it, but it's giving me something totally different each time I listen to it. So I'm still, <laughs> so for me, illuminate me, <laughs> you know, forget about everybody else. You and I are sitting down, we're having a Stella, 
You know what I mean? It's one, two o'clock in the morning, like we typically do, and we're just kicking. You know what I mean? Explain open bodegas to me. So I'm gonna give it all to you right here in this one sentence, right? Open bodega is a metaphor for 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 my head, for for my mind, right? It's another word for my mind, an open bodega, right? So what is a bodega, right? So for those of you that have never been to the city, ever been to the inner city, a bodega is like a corner store, right? And it never closes, right? It's got the essentials inside, right? You, you know, candy, cigarettes, you know, liquor. You know what I'm saying? You can sometimes you can get chicken, you get a sandwich in there. You know what I mean? It's typically on a corner, but it never closes. Right. And, it's a, and for me, it's a place of observation. See what I'm saying? Like I, you know, you you go into the bodega and you can get the news. You can get what's going on in the community from from the bodega. You know what I'm saying? You know, and uh, you can also see what's going on outside. It's also a place of of security, right? So if there's if there's some nonsense happening outside on the street, you can go into the bodega and you can get some cover. Whether it's from the rain, whether it's from the wolves outside. And you know what I mean by the wolves, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, so it's, it's a place of cover, right? But for me, it also represents a place of observation, right? And so that poem that you hear throughout the song, I wrote that, you know, as I was recovering from some writer's block, right? So... Um, I talk about. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, if you listen okay. to if you listen to the song, you know, Sade is talking about Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, right. 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 I'm so happy that I'm recovering from this writer's block, Sade. You know, that's you know that's that's the happiness that I felt as I recovered. And it just once you recover from writer's block, if anybody out there has ever you know written anything, you know, once you recover, right, you're your creativity, you know, it just opens like a faucet. It just, the words just come pouring out, right? You know, so not just the words, but the music, you know, everything just comes pouring out. And that's what Open Bodegas is. It was the result of me recovering from Rider's Block. And Open Bodegas, that's my mind, right? And so if you listen to some of the sounds in that song, um, it's very eclectic. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't stay, it's not consistent. And it doesn't stay in one place too long. But I literally pulled sounds from the universe. Some of the low end you hear, that's Saturn. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay. That's literally the analog waveforms received from our equipment emanating from Saturn. Wow, that's deep. That do, 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 that's Saturn. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, There's also some sounds that I got from the space station sounds that I got from other, you know, other celestial bodies in, in the universe, man. So that song means so much to me, man. Right. And so, again, I take cover in my mind, like, you know, when I'm not, you know, when I'm, when I'm in one of my mood, when I'm in one of my moods or if, if I need to, to kind of get away, you know, I take solace in my mind. And so that's the, that's where the title comes from, Open Bodega. That's, that's my head, man. You know what I'm saying? So that's what that is. All right, so talk about Kula. Before this girl get home, start her shit. Listen to this beat, yo. All right, so I love this track, man, because if anybody out there that's married, anybody out there that's got a significant other, you may at some time, some point in time, feel as though that person was put on earth. (laughs) To stifle whatever creativity, to stifle whatever, (laughs) whatever 
you, right. whatever gives you joy in life, your significant other was there to to stifle that. Whether it's a PlayStation, whether it's a book you're trying to read, or in my case, it's music you're trying to make. Man, there's always something you got to do. Take out the garbage, walk the dog, you know, put the kids to bed, get the kids ready for school. You know what I'm saying? Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. God damn it. But you know, we got responsibilities, man. We're husbands. Right. You know, we got kids. You know, we're, we're, we're fathers. You know what I mean? So I understand. So this is an inside joke between me and my wife. Okay? She obviously is not the one you hear in the song. She's not the girl you hear in the song. This is actually a snippet that I saw from a movie. It's just a hook list. This is literally a movie that I got at the barbershop years ago. Remember, you go to the barbershop, you were selling DVDs too, right? Right, right. This is one of the movies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was complete nonsense. It was a hood flick, you know what I mean? It was, it was nothing, right, right. you know what I'm saying? But there was this one exchange between this brother and sister that you hear on the song that cracked me up every single time. And this dude was, was literally just, you know, had his friends over. And his sister was not having it, you hear her. What the hell is that? I can hear it downstairs. And he's like, I'm just trying to play this music for my for my boys. And you know, they're in the projects, man. And, you know, if you ever been to the projects, man, you know, you you hear everything, right? And so the music's right. blasting. And you know, his his sister is, you know, she's got kids. She's she's trying to she's have straight a, going in on it. Yeah, you know, you, what you hear is the back and forth between them, man. But again, it's an inside joke between between my wife and I, man. As I was putting this album together, as I was, you know, doing that. There were times where, you know, she didn't care about the red light opening outside the door. You know what I'm saying? Just boom, take the garbage out. You know what I'm saying? Like, turn that shit off. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's. <laughs> and, and, you know, needless to say, she didn't think it was very funny when I explained to her that she was abused. <laughs> so I'm sure it's grown on her since, though. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. she understands. She understands. I got you. I got you. Sometimes when when you're a family member of an artist, you know, that family life sneaks into the art. And this is one of those prime examples. Yeah, and that's why you know? I put it, and that's why I put it in the middle of the album, man. Because she always comes, you know. It seems like she always comes at the perfect time when I'm in the when I'm in the moment. Right. I turn around, my wife's standing right there. Did you hear me calling you? Right in the middle of it. So that's why this track <laughs> is in the middle of the album, man. This is I got love you. you, baby. I love you. Got you, got you. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're going to get to my favorite track, which is the last track we're going to talk about on the LP. Okay, and that is the track Seeds. And this is my favorite track because this is my revolutionary track. This is my black fist in the air track. This no is doubt. my, you know what I'm saying? I got the no big doubt. dashiki on with the huge Afro sheen Afro. This is 1975. This is, this is, this is that coming out party after civil rights. For That's the way my brain dissects it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm because so happy got, to hear that. Yeah. You have the late, great Dick Gregory in one of his most, in, I mean, probably not the most controversial thing that he's ever said, mm-hmm. but one of, it's, it is up there. And I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, and I'm not going to keep stepping on what you're about to talk about, but this is, you know, Kanye West Yeezus LP, Black Skinhead. For president in 1968, yes, and had I won, the first thing I would do would dig up that rose garden and plant me a watermelon patch. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be no more state dinners, it'd be watermelon lunches. 
I'll sit up on the balcony and eat watermelon and spit the seeds on Pennsylvania. <laughs> In America, anything is possible. Because we don't run nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Black skinhead is a... Anytime I'm, I got to go wreck something, anytime I got to get into a real, like, I got to be just a real nasty individual for whatever reasons, you know what I mean? I got to I gotta put my black hat on, black skinhead is getting played. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And now this is going to be in that rotation with black skinhead. So talk to me about my favorite cut off of this LP, which, you know, again, black fist in the air, seeds okay so i think as musicians right as anything anything you do creatively it's got to be true it's got to be authentic we talk about that all the time right so i could not release this album without putting down my feelings as to what i see as what's happening right now with regard to you know politics with regard to you know the state of you know racial tension you know gunplay everything that's happening right now is just you know it just seems like it's just chaos man it's just out of control man and so anytime i get to a place of like instability like i'm, I'm just unsure like, what is happening you know what i mean i again this album here i pulled a lot from the greats man and dick gregory i mean i don't know if i can adequately verbalize how important <laughs> Dick Gregory is to to us, to our culture. You know what I mean? He came from such a place of of wisdom. You know, of of understanding, right? And so, you know, before I get into that, let's talk about the the title, the seeds. Right? What is a seed? Right? You, a seed is you plant a seed, and you know, and you nurture it, right? And you you give it sustenance. And what happens when you do that? depending on how well you nurture that seed, how much sustenance you give it, it either grows and it flourishes or it dies. You know what I mean? And so that's the premise of this. You know what I mean? So what's happening now, I mean, is is a direct reflection as to how we've been nurtured. You know what I mean? The sustenance we've been given. And so what you're seeing now is the outcome of that. You see what I'm saying? Like hip-hop music, right? Right. Where it's, what it's become, you know, the 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 powerhouse that it's become, you know, the, the messages that are delivered are a direct That's reflection, right. right, to how we've been nurtured, how we've been sustained, when you, look you know, or the lack thereof, you know what I mean? And if you listen to the message, if you listen to what Dick Gregory is saying in this song, you know, his, his plan, you know, his his understanding of or the misunderstanding of, of, of who he is and what he represents. You know what I mean? It's an extremely powerful track. Extremely powerful. And you gotta listen to it a couple of times to really understand. Oh, I do. You know what I mean? What's what's going on, man? And you know, and in classic Dick Gregory fashion, you know, oh, he's man. big middle finger. You know what I mean? To what's happening. Huge. Huge yeah. middle finger. Huge. I mean, this is this is by far my favorite cut on the LP, and it's and it's for that particular reason. You talked a lot during the interview, Scott, about how a lot of the people that you've interwoven 
either through sound, I mean, excuse me, either through their words or just through their music, the Thelonious Monks of the world and all the different non-conformists, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to go through this track listing, this LP, in a very non-conformist fashion. Because I wanted to illustrate to everyone out there that art is subjective. It's how you view it. You are the consumer of whatever piece of art that you're beholding. Whether it's music, whether it's a painting, whatever that art is. And how you consume it, what your perspective is, and I really wish people would get more into the art sides of things because I think art helps reveal our inner voice so we can help govern ourselves. Because how you see things, how you interpret things is extraordinarily important to one's development. And the older you get, the more you understand that. You know, that's why we can, you know, you can put 100 people in the room looking at the Mona Lisa, and hopefully, if those if those people are true individuals, you're going to get a hundred different opinions. You know, I don't. I always shy away from being around people who like the echo chamber type of mentality, where I can only be around people that think like me. Or if you disagree with me, I can't be around you. Or if you know those type of people seem so closed off to me, it's 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 unbelievable that they can even exist. In, a, in the culture that we have today. Yeah. But when you listen to an LP like this, it is extraordinarily mind-opening because it allows the individual to sink into themselves and understand and view who they really are through this music. And I really hope a lot of people go out there and they, and they, and they buy this it's on Apple Music. It's on, you know, it's on the seven. I'll let Scott tell you where it is. But to me, it is just as important as the Eve, as the Rhapsody LP entitled Eve, because again, it is something that is going to make you think. And anytime something makes you think and it makes you a better person through that thought process, is something one should is something one should possess. And Cleveland Avenue by Scott Pearson is that type of art project where it is going to make you think more and it's going to open up your mind if you just understand. And the reason it's going to open up your mind is because of all the different forms of sound Scott used. He talked, he's used the cosmos. What is going to open up your mind more than space? You know, who is going to make you think more of your, you know, become more introspective than someone like a Stephen Hawking who could only speak by using his eyes? All that guy could do was to think, you know, and you don't have to be. And if you listen to the different people Scott chose, you don't have to be a conformist in order to make it in life. You can have your own thought process. One of the things. My grandfather used to always say is there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's such a simplistic statement to simply say there's more than one right way to do things in a lot of cases. You know, and I used to coach football. And one of the things I used to always tell people is, you know, my 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 players play your game, play your game. Don't worry about what the other guys doing. Play your game. One of the things I always learned in the Marine Corps is mind over matter. You know, it's what you it's it's where your mind is going to take you. 
everything else in the middle doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Be, be that person. Because if we have more people being like that, who are more open-minded, who aren't afraid to, uh, to follow what their true intuition is telling them, that's in, in albeit in a positive direction, because that's what we're talking about, then you should do that. You know, don't be stifled by the people around you. You know, I can keep going on and on and on, but I'm sure the light podcast listeners understand that all I'm doing is regurgitating this track listing from Cleveland Avenue by Scott Pearson. Because every single one of these tracks, whether however you listen to them in the proper order or like I do, which is, you know, in a very eclectic type order because it's, it speaks to me that way. But that's me. That's John L. You know, let this music touch you. Let this music get inside you because it will make you a better thinker and a, and a person who can see things a little bit more clear about the most important thing in this whole world, which is yourself. Man, I don't know how to say this, man, but I definitely appreciate, you know, you, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's hard to be on this side of it, man. Extremely hard to be on this side of it, man. So, you know, I, I definitely appreciate the time, you know, to, 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 to dig into these tracks and, you know, help me, help me verbalize, you know, my thought process, my, my creative process behind, you know, it's creation, man. I, I can't thank you enough, man. No problem. And last but not least, you know, because you had to spend so much time away from so many different people that you love, let's give some shout outs for the people who helped make this album possible. Who you who do you wanna you know, this is this is the last two pages of the book. You know what I mean? Who are you writing your acknowledgments to? My wife and kids, man. My wife and kids, I mean, obviously something like this takes a lot of time, you know, and, um, you know, this is, you know, just like on the last album, man, this is this is time that, you know, my my wife understood that was important to me and she and she let me have that. You see what I'm saying? She, you know, she, you know, she she let me, you know, get it out. She let me do what I had to do to get this, you know, on wax. You know what I'm saying? And um, I just love and appreciate her so much for that. Um, you know, and my kids also for doing the same thing, you know, as, as you know, being a father, man, it takes time and takes dedication, you know, and, you know, to get, you know, to be that, to be dad, you know what I'm saying? And so I did the best that I could, you know, to, to kind of balance the, the two. And um, I think I did a pretty good job doing that, man. But, you know, I appreciate them for, for sacrificing, you know, that and, and letting me have this, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, man. I'm gonna give thanks to All my right. family. You know what I'm saying? Cool. And so. the toughest question of the entire interview: mm-hmm. What's up next? Oh, I'm happy you asked that, John. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm gonna get more into the vocal side of things. Man. Um, one of my big passions, and we talked about it in this interview, is, is, is you know, poetry. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna be I'm going to be incorporating a lot more of that into my next project. I'm going to get a lot more controversial. I'm going to get a lot more real, you know, touch on a lot of issues that, that have been bothering me, that keep me up at night, that I don't necessarily understand. So I'm going to try to provide, you know, some understanding from my perspective on a lot of things that I see happening, you know, both, you know, politically and not. You know what I'm saying? So look forward to that on my next project, which I've already started, by the way. Awesome. So when can we anticipate a release date? I don't have one yet. I don't want to, I don't want to lock myself into something yet. I don't really... I don't think I know where I'm, what direction I'm headed creatively, you know, 
on that project, you and I had talked about that offline. Um, I got some ideas that I'm gonna bounce off, you know, some people first before I, I lock myself in, before I lock myself in on a theme and a, and a, and a, and a direction. But I know I definitely wanna, I definitely wanna ruffle some feathers. You know I got I mean? you. I got you. Yeah. Well, go ahead and ruffle all them feathers, brother, because each each project that you release, and I, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, is even more of a testament to how great a producer that you're becoming. You know, and 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 it's definitely within the if you know it's definitely within your bloodstream, and it's just coming out, and you're doing a great honor to your grandfather by continuing the legacy of somebody in his family creating music. Yeah, I appreciate that, John. Real talk, man. I appreciate that. Get me emotional over here. I'm not gonna let you do it. I appreciate it. No doubt. But much so, love, John. Much love, man. Oh yeah. No, 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 no doubt, man. No doubt. So any any closing remarks you you have that uh that you want to leave the people with? I mean just thank you for listening, man. I like I like you know, like like John said, this 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 album is available on all streaming platforms. So Apple Music, Spotify, um, Tidal, um, Deezer, um, Google Play, Amazon Music, it's all there. Um, it's also on my website. You can find this album there if you want to go there. And uh, it's www.47beats.com. Um, a lot more information about me and who I am on that website. So check it out when you get a chance. Sounds good. Sounds good. Scott, thank you. Thank you for sitting in the hot seat. Thanks for <laughs> sitting down. And I, and I get to say something real corny right now. Thanks for sitting down with John L. from the Light Podcast and allowing us to talk about Cleveland Ave. We definitely appreciate you. 